Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery and today I'm excited to have Graham Eisner, who's the author of the book, Just Ask. He's devoted 30 years to understand the power of client referrals for businesses. In his 10 years as a private client salesperson at Goldman Sachs, he developed a methodology for referrals from clients, internal partners, and intermediaries that made him one of the most successful sales professionals. He's developed a training for three years as a consultant and trainer, teaching assistant to thousands of professionals, sales, salespeople for clients such as Barclays, Deutsche Bank, uh, Seven Investment Management, and other leading brands. Welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. Right. Very good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Awesome. So, you know, you've had a, a, such a great experience in sales. What made you write uh, Just Ask? I have always been looking for the easiest way to find new clients. The most powerful way to find new clients is the whole way I've operated on my business career. And referrals became that route very, very early on for me. Um, so at Goldman Sachs, I knew, for example, that all the senior people, they all knew people via their personal business lines. Um, and, and the same feeling came for me from my clients and from other sort of intermediate relationships. So referrals has been my focus for really 30 years. And therefore, the, I've learned a lot, not just from myself and how I operate. I've trained on the subject um, within Goldman when I was there and also for the last 20 years with own, my own business uh, on how, people, how to help people. So really, the culmination of it was the book. Because I've learned a great deal from people training them. You know, what is it that holds them back? Why do they not ask? Um, how to ask is I did it myself and then I've trained on it. So, you know, it was exciting to put it together in a book. Got it. And we'll talk about, you know, uh, about the book and the just cast principle. But uh, I wanted to understand how did you make your way into, into, into sales, uh, especially when it came to companies like Goldman Sachs? Well, it's really been in my genes my, my whole life. I, I just love to sell. Um, and so it was natural for me when I was, you know, leaving university. I'd already set up, I set up two magazines while I was at university, which was basically selling advertising space and filling up these magazines. Um, and so when I was going to go to operate, you know, out in the big world, uh, when I approached Goldman, it was going to be in a sales environment. And the most entrepreneurial way or area was this private client area. Interesting. And uh, what were some of your early lessons when it came to you know what truly uh, a great sales client is? Um, I think I know people always say it is about listening, but I really I think that it's just so. I think it's questions and listening. You know, the questions that we ask people, if they're really thought out, they receive much better answers. They receive respect from the person you're asking, and they don't waste time. You know, we have an hour in a meeting. Yeah. We can waste 15 minutes if we want, but in those 15 minutes, you could achieve so much, found out so much information. Therefore, the combination of really, really good questions that I've thought of before and then very, very good listening. And listening to the extent of, you know, that there are five levels of listening. Let's say, well, one could try and be number five. It's, it's listening with empathy and understanding and illustrating to that person that you have understood and then taking it to the next stage, in my opinion, is, is really powerful. I mean, and I think the third thing is I think this whole thing of, of sort of moving to the close in the right way, professional way, and as fast as we can is, is really important as well. 
super interesting and especially when it comes to sales leaders you know what is the right time to make the first sales hire uh, should it be the head of sales or do you think it should be a junior sales rep uh, especially when it comes to startups so you're saying sorry who should who should make who should be the person who who makes the sale uh, no especially when it comes to hiring the first sales hire do you think it should be the head of sales or do you think it should be the sales rep a junior sales rep uh okay uh, interesting um well i think in terms of a salesperson coming to an organization yeah they have to there are there are there are obvious motivations and ways of operating that they have to fit within the culture i'd imagine that the more senior person is going to get very much quicker the the culture of the organization that this person is supposed to fit into and the sort of uh demands and and ways of being that they're going to have operated in however I, I do think that that junior salesperson is equally important to, to meet them um, and, and, and give their, their, their perspective of how this person is going to fit in. You know, I remember at Goldman, I had 35 interviews to get in. And, uh, and, and the reason for that is because they want perspectives from lots of different people because we all approach and understand, you know, and I know people aren't going to have that many interviews, but it's just the idea. Interesting. And um, especially in your book, you, you talk about the seven-step approach. Also, what is the seven-step approach all about? So, first of all, asking for a referral is something that a lot of people shy away from, or they know they should do it, but they never really do it. Or if they do do it, they don't really do it maybe as well as they could. And what my experience has shown is that asking for a referral is a very thought-out thing to do. If we come from the point that every client could introduce one, let's just say one, but valuable client, if we, if we think that a new client coming in is valuable, it's worth the effort to make it work, right? And that means to, to go into a meeting and just wing it, sort of just ask randomly, just doesn't make any sense. If we spend 10 minutes before the meeting really thinking how I want to approach, that's going to be very helpful. So my seven steps comes from that background. And my seven steps very quickly to run through them. Number one, Preparation. So has this client talked about the perfect person who could be a referral before? Do they know them? How do they know them? Could I do a bit of research that, that, that helps me find out how they know them? So that's the first point. If I can find that perfect referral that they already know. Secondly, I need to find a, a, what I describe as a bridge line that's going to make asking for the referral as comfortable as possible. And some examples of that, maybe, maybe I'll ask for feedback on the relationship. But that isn't feedback in the last two months. That's feedback of the holistic long-term relationship. So the, the, the service, the trust, the, the, how the relationship has evolved, uh, the resources that have been given, and that when they reply, which we hope would be favorable, it's easy, much easier to then set up. That's fantastic. That's, that's how I, I, I perceived it as well. I'd love to ask your help on one thing. So it leads very nicely to ask for a referral. The second route might be the fact that you're asking, you are relating them back to, um, to appreciate some of the USPs and values that they've appreciated with your business and your firm. And if they, if they remind themselves of those, again, at least very nicely say, I'd love to ask your help on one thing. Or it could be the fact that in your sales team area, there have been, there's a slight shift in organization, which means you've got a few more, few more op op opportunities for new clients to come in. And we're just asking some very selective clients we get on very, very well with to see whether there might be one person they'd be happy to refer. So you're, you're using that part. Or it might be talk about the history of the relationship and you re refer them to when they came into the firm, what they were trying to achieve, and you remind them about what they have achieved on the way and how it's been achieved. And once again, that warms them to the opportunity of helping you. So that's the bridge line. The third 
step for me. If I haven't thought of that particular name at the beginning, I couldn't find one. I only want to ask for one name. A lot of people fall into the trap of, is there anyone you know, any family, friends, any business colleagues? No, actually, all I want is there one person you know, just one. And the reason for that is it's much easier for the client to think about it, filter it, and come up with a name. The fourth step is qualifying exactly what you're looking for. So it's, it's, it's uh, very clear, and it's brave, but it's very clear what you're looking for. You're not going to get sort of a dud of a referral, and you're going to get a very good one. The fifth is, is this point about listening. What are they going to say in reply? They might go, yeah, Rohit, I'd, I'd love to help you. Let me think about that. Now, that isn't actually a fall-off. That, that's no problem. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Um, Rachel, I'd love to um, thank you so much for thinking about this. I've got to get back to you in 10 days about this meeting, about so-and-so, so-and-so. Can I ask you then if there's the one name that's come to you? The second listening might be, yeah, Rohit, you know, there, I think there is someone. Now, you'd be amazed how many people at that point don't follow that up. But that would be, well, that's, that's brilliant, Rachel. Um, do you mind if I ask you a couple of things about this person? So you ask them a, a couple of things. So those are the two things around step five, listening. Step six is at least 30% of the success of it. Now we have to use our, our sales skills, our empathy, our relationship with our client to really get them to make this referral for you in the most powerful way. And in my opinion, that isn't that they give you an email address, they give a phone number, they say, why don't you mention my name? No, the most powerful is that they will either give a call to this person they know or they'll meet this person they know and they'll speak about you, the firm, the relationship, the specialness of it, and they will set up that you'll have a coffee with that person. That's what you want to happen. And one of the lines that I use to help that would be, you know, Rachel, that's fantastic. What has really worked well for me in the past is, or what is very powerful for me is, and then you're going to say, you know, is if you kindly could uh, give this person a call or are you perhaps seeing them in the next week or so? Oh, we, oh you are. Well, that's great. He's actually talking about the, our relationship and, and setting up the fact that it would be a great idea for me to have a coffee with this person. So you're setting it up. And step seven is follow-up. So I would say, so Rachel, I know how busy you, you, you do get. If, if perhaps I haven't heard of you in a week or so, do you mind if I just give you a nudge and see if you had a chance to make this introduction for me? So those are my seven steps. Mailman is an email assistant that shields you from unimportant emails, minimizing interruptions, and making your days calmer and more productive. You can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM uh, which gives you the benefit of 15% off for the first year on the annual plan, uh, which already has 20% discounted compared to the monthly plan. So you can visit mailmanhq.com and use the code LSM. Very interesting. I think uh, uh, I, I learned a lot from reading the book, but I, uh, I think the way you, uh, you put it across all the seven points, I'm going, to, I'm going to visit back and speak to some of my clients and see if I could get more referrals. Uh, what do you think is are the first three perfect clients uh, which somebody should ask when they, when they want to ask for reference? So I think uh, what's very important is to have a look and see who are the ones who trust you the most, that you like the most, they like you the most, uh, that they appreciate the firm and the USPs and the values, and they've talked about that, uh, their high value, um, and they... Maybe they've given a referral before, or they've talked about possibly introducing you. So it's, it's really highlighting those sorts of clients. Got it. And earlier, you, you talked about, about following up. And I, I was just wondering, when it comes to sales uh, and also asking for referrals, what, what, when is the right time to ask for 
to follow up do you think a following up every day is uh can be annoying for the for the client or do you think uh, it's it's okay to ask no i i so so i think that if i've asked for a referral i would follow it up so i would set up the follow up as i sort of mentioned i would say you know i know how busy you are can i can i give you a a call in a, in a week if you've had a chance to do so i would say that sort of a week afterwards and then um it's important to hear what they're saying when you're asked them to follow up hopefully they've said you know absolutely i'm sorry i just forgot i'll follow it up and again if they haven't um done it i would i would wait another week i wouldn't do it the next day so i'd be i'd really be sort of waiting a week or 10 days interesting and uh, you know especially when it comes to tech startups uh the sales leads are always looking to uh looking for new new hires and you know what advice would you give to sales leaders on how do you structure the first you know 30 60 or 90 days for the new reps um so if i answered your question correctly you're you're saying so if they have a new hire and how should they structure the first 30 60 90 days of training that person or preparing them for the role yes so, that's right well i think um i think first of all if i'm a new hire i in order to be a great salesperson i really have to appreciate the usps and the values of that firm and that would mean that i should i want to go and meet the I if I was I if I was a sales leader I would be saying to this person I wanted to go meet you know 10 different people have 20 minutes with them and really just ask them what is what makes this firm special so that's one of the main things I think people need need to get inside them because once you have that that the whole sales process becomes a lot easier I think the second thing is in terms of referrals I would be asking this person to go and map out everyone that they've known both from previous jobs their friends their family uh their their supply connections their ex clients whoever it might be so that i as a team leader can really get a sense of you know where where are where are the great links the great warm leads the great possible client opportunities that this person might have um and then i think you know just as an aside the other part of uh being a great salesperson is having great confidence and that great confidence comes in product knowledge so however whatever the firm is and the best and most appropriate way for that person to really get the product knowledge Got it. And are there any red flags uh, that leaders should watch out for uh, when it comes to new reps? Um. Well, you know, if you it depends on how many people you're hiring. But if you're really trying to hire uh, um, a small number of a small number of people, I, what I would really like to do is I'd really like to see them perform in some way before I hire them, um, or give them some task that's. gives them a sense of time to have to put something together that illustrates their motivation their commitment their thinking their lateral thinking and um and and pursuit of final product so i would probably get them to do that to avoid the red flag got it and uh, and also follow up especially when it comes to new hires uh, what should sales leaders do to ensure that new hires uh engage product and customer success efficiently because a lot of times they do get uh, uh they they speak to new companies but they don't uh, always uh, get the follow up back to uh, the product and the customer success teams so what advice would you give for sales leaders so that they, their sales reps have a great communication with uh, the product and the customer success teams well um i think the communication needs to be right from the beginning so 
the salesperson needs to understand what they need to do to deliver a follow-up and the team that's receiving the follow-up needs to explain why they want the follow-up, how they'd like the follow-up and just make the, 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 the communication as smooth as possible and for each side to sort of recognize that they're benefiting by, by, by spending that time making the communication link very smooth. Got it. And, um, uh, you know, you know the, the, especially when it comes to sales reps, there are a lot of meetings that they, they need to go into. Uh, what, what is the best advice on how do we structure uh, and choreograph meetings? Uh, so that it's it's beneficial for both uh, the sales rep as well as uh, the client. Yeah, I mean, I think this is so important because you go to a meeting, you have an hour, you have half an hour. Exact for me, I think a meeting is. I, I want to know exactly what how this meeting is going to go. I want to control that meeting, and I want to know exactly what I'm going to get out of it. And in order to achieve that, I think there are a few things I need to do before I go in. I want to think what are the five really tough questions I want to ask this client. And when I mean tough, in my thinking, I want to go deep and think slightly undiplomatically what do I want to ask. But when I ask them, they're going to be very diplomatic, but they're going to give me the information that I really need. And I, I always think that I want to start with the questions. I want to learn about the client. I want to learn exactly what I want to need to know. And no question should be ones I already know the answers to. And then obviously I'm going to be have a great sense of how I can respond and, and what I need to say in terms of my sort of presentation of the proposal. Um, and then I think the, the, the last part, the, the, the choreographing, is I need to always give enough time for that questions and answers. Quite often people will spend a lot of time and then they'll, 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 they'll think they did a great job introducing it, but then there's only five minutes to really find out how the client thinking, what they're responding, and, and how to plan the follow-up, you know, planning what it is that leads us to the next stage. That's going to take at least you know, 10 minutes at the end. And we need to, I think, always be really conscious of time and the watch um, and the decision makers in the meeting to ensure that we've got everything sealed for the for the for the follow up and the next stage. Interesting, and uh, especially when it comes to sales reps, uh, what uh, what should be their focus on day to day basis? Uh, what advice would you give to them, especially when they are uh, uh, they're looking at bringing on new clients? Should they structure their their day in a in a specific way so that they are able to get the most referrals? Um, I mean, this is always a constant challenge for salespeople. They're always pulled in so many different directions. They always feel like they've just under pressure from everything. So, yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's a sort of step back and really appreciate clearly what are my what are my aims, what am I trying to achieve here, and you know why I focus on referrals particularly is because in terms of business development and finding new clients, that is the easiest, the most effective way to find new clients. So if I was directing a sales team or a salesperson, I'd want to really spend time thinking about where are those opportunities and then carrying out those opportunities. So in terms of organizing my day, I would want to have time to be able to do that, focus, like I said, on preparing for, for who I was going to ask and, and carrying out those referral asks in all the different directions I can uh, in those weeks, few months that it might take to achieve. And of, of course, on top of that, I'm managing all the other routes that I have to either bring a business or managing the relationships and just organize my day as well as I can. Today, I have an interesting stat for you to denote that the founder of Beautiful Lives increased the social media presence by 10x. They managed to publish consistently and effortlessly using a robust social media management tool called Social Pilot. Social Pilot is a cost-effective social media tool that helps businesses scale their social media marketing efforts. Use lifestylemastery.com slash socialpilot to get a 14-day free trial. Interesting. And 
especially when it comes to sales uh, 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 managers, they have uh, they have a lot of things going on. Going on, uh, they have to manage uh, the expectations and also meet their targets. Uh, what advice would you give to them if they want to focus on mental health and and so that you know they don't burn out uh, at the end of the quarter? Well, I I think I, mean, I happen to do uh, a lot of sport because I feel that's important to keep uh, fitness in the mind and in the body. So, you know, I would always be recommending at least half an hour of that a day. I would also recommend 20 minutes meditation a day or at least 10 minutes because I think I personally have seen the, the true benefit of that in terms of how it calms the mind, helps you be much more creative and productive. Uh, so those are, those are two things. I think also, I mean, sorry, these are a little, but I think the balance in life is super important in order to have depth, depth of happiness and clarity. That means your personal life has to have the balance. So there's no point spending 15 hours a day working if you're not having the personal life. That will affect how you, how you achieve and how much quickly you will burn out. So have, creating that balance really early, I think, is, is really important. And, and then how you structure your sort of contracting out of work in order that you're focusing on what your strengths are uh, and, and you are in focusing on what you enjoy and you've contracted out the other parts. And then it's that whole management of people, you know, how are you managing people either on a sort of micro management level or less micro, but then in a way that's just very contained and very organized. And the reporting to you is, is very structured and organized and any meetings you have, they're just very good use of time. You know, that you'll know in your mind whether you're wasting time and that, that 40 minutes you've wasted really could have been much more effectively used. So those would be something I'd say. Interesting. I, I totally agree. I think meditation and sports uh, and just going and exercising, that can really uh, make a big impact on your mental health. Uh, and I quickly want to do the top three. What's your favorite business book? Well, I, I like it. There's one called Busy by uh, Tony Crabb, which is, he's a business psychologist. And I think it's uh, very, it really follows on from your last question, actually, you know, which is, it's not about being busy. You know, we, we can always think it is, but in fact, really, you know, that's not necessarily the full way of having success. Got it. We'll put that in the show notes. And if you could go back in time when you started writing just us, what is the one thing you would have focused on or done anything differently? So I think um, it is a recognition um, probably around the point that you've just talked about around um, mental health and helping, you know, really understanding that people have a lot of pressures uh, and kind of taking that pressure off in a deeper sense, I probably would have done a little bit more in the book, helping people recognize why it's really important for their mental health to, to take away the anxiety of finding new clients. And obviously I feel this is a very, very strong way of finding new clients in the easiest way, but I probably would have gone deeper into that subject. Interesting. And do you have any favorite online tool, for example, uh, Gmail, Slack, so for me, it's LinkedIn. I think the power of it is extraordinary, um, used properly and benefited properly and uh, a great way for people to focus in for what's right for them in their business. Yeah, no, absolutely. LinkedIn is also one of my favorite tools. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. And uh, then what is the best way people can reach out to you and know more about Just Ask? So my website is... Uh, graham-eisner.com um my linkedin uh is graham eisner um and uh feel free to contact and obviously my book is on amazon just ask 
Awesome. We will put that in our show notes. Karan, thank you so much for taking our time speaking to us. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.